The Lord is looking for those who would believe Him because faith pleases Him. And God wants you healthy and strong and fit and well able to do all you've been called to do for all the days that He's called you to do it. Hallelujah. People here have come from Melbourne. They've come from different places around Australia believing for a miracle tonight. And you know, that is a wonderful thing. When you come with an expectation, he is a God who does not disappoint. He is a faithful, faithful father. And you, you decided to come because you were going to get a miracle. Can you tell the people, what was your process when you, got, when you came to that meeting? What, what was going on in your head? And how did you receive healing? Because the end of the story is that she went back and had an MRI. And they have said that she now has a complete womb and two fallopian tubes and everything is completely normal, which is a, it's just a complete creative miracle. That's only God can do that. But what was the process? I like your dress, by the way. It's very pretty. Thank you. <laughs> I got it from Shein, in case you're wondering. Um, <laughs> so I um, came up from Wollongong and I was... I didn't really understand what faith was and I was basing it on how I was feeling. I didn't feel like I had faith. And I remember Pastor Catherine called everyone um, who, who was fasting and praying or came for a miracle up the front um, in an altar call. And I remember praying, oh God, I don't feel like I have, a, I have enough faith, but I know you said you were gonna heal me. And I was getting all caught up in whether or not I had faith. So you, you, you said, I want you to look at Jesus and I want you to tell him what you want. And so I looked at Jesus and I said, Lord, I'd really like to have babies or something like that. And then, um, then I saw him standing in front of me and then when you prayed for me, you touched me really briefly and I saw him put his hand on my belly and I felt fire in my belly. Um, and then he said, consider it done. And then it was done. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, I love, I love Brooke's testimony because there was no, thank you very much, there was no word of knowledge about that miracle. She just came forward on the altar with everyone else at the end who'd fasted and prayed for a miracle. And fixing her eyes on him, the Holy Spirit touched her and did what is a profoundly creative miracle, an amazing, amazing thing that only the Lord could do. That's not something that can happen psychosomatically. It's not a something you can will into being. It's a creative miracle that the Creator God uh, will do. And we've got many of those testimonies of people, many of you know Kay here, who had her eardrum removed and all the hearing bones was completely deaf, got her hearing restored. And there's many, many other amazing miracles like that, notable miracles that are clearly not, uh, couldn't be written off as a coincidence, were clearly the hand of God touching and healing. And you know, Jesus was not shy about miracles. He, he didn't do them in, in, in the back room. It, it was a hallmark of his ministry. And people came, they flocked because they heard about the miracles, because the miracles were a manifestation of the glory, a manifestation of who he is. And he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Well, if you've got your Bibles, let's turn to Mark 11. Verse 
I'm reading from the New American Standard here. It says, Therefore I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them and they will be granted to you. This is quite a remarkable statement. Jesus, this is Jesus talking to us. Is there any believers in the house? Hallelujah. Jesus is talking to you. Listen to what he says. He says, when you ask and when you pray, so I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them. Say have. Believe that you have received them and they will be granted to you. So it's, a, it's an active state. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That it is, I believe I have that. I have that. I asked for that. Therefore, I have that. Hallelujah. And this is the faith of Jesus that he wants to release to your heart, that he gives you, that if you will just take it and use it, humble yourself like a little child and say, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Lord, I believe. He will give you his faith to receive by faith what you haven't yet seen. You can have it. If you say, I believe that I have it, it will be granted to you. You know, I love, I shared this the other night at our um, faith school, but Tia Osborne tells a story about a lady, a young woman who had tuberculosis. And um, she was at the end stage of the disease, uh, very frail and worn out by the disease coming close to death, and she was reading the scripture. She was a beautiful Christian woman, reading the Bible and, and preparing for heaven. And she was reading 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. If you want to turn there in your Bibles, you can have a look at it there for yourselves. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. Speaking of Jesus, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness. Hallelujah. She was reading that and saying, yes, Lord, I believe. By grace, I'm saved through faith. And that's a, that's a gift from God. And I thank you for it. I receive the salvation of Jesus because I believe Jesus bore my sin in his body on the cross. My sin, I see it um, on him, he took it, therefore I am righteous. I have become the righteousness of God in Christ because it's no longer me who lives, but Christ who lives in me. Because he bore my sin, I am now free from sin. Hallelujah, I am saved. And she was thanking God, thank you for salvation. What a blessing it is to know I no longer have that sin in me. You bore it for me. You've taken it in your body on the cross. Thank you. And she was celebrating that, and then she just kept reading. And in the very same verse, it then goes straight on to say, by whose stripes you were healed. And she read that and was just struck. This is in the same verse about salvation that she was just reading about. Lord, I absolutely believe that you bore my sin in your body. 
And I, I've received that by faith. I have that. That's mine. I have salvation. I know I'm saved because Jesus bore my sin. And in the same breath, in the same sentence, it says here, by whose stripes you were healed. And she suddenly got a revelation. You know, God's got a revelation for you every day in his word, something personal for you. I really encourage you not to read your Bible out of obligation, but out of an expectation that every day God's got daily bread for you. Did you find it today? Did you find that treasure for you personally? Every day he's got something to personally say to you every day. And I think sometimes we miss it because we get into obligation mode. Oh, yeah, I've done my thing. I've, I've read a verse. I've done this. I've when in fact, God has treasure for you every single day. And this was her treasure for the day. By whose stripes you were healed. And she just stopped and went, she started to call out to her mother, Mom, Mom, look at this. The Bible says I was healed. Oh, this is wonderful. Get my clothes. I'm getting up. I was healed. Hooray. Just as he bore my sin, he bore my sickness. I'm healed. And, and the mother was like, honey, just settle down, sweetheart, and trying to keep her calm. And she's like, no, no, mom, you told us to believe everything. The Bible says God is speaking to me. He says, by whose stripes I was healed. I'm healed. Hooray. And she was still a skeleton with skin on. But she got it. On the inside, I got it. I got healed. I was healed. Pretty good, Pastor Gareth. I was healed. And she, her mom couldn't stop her. She got up. She got dressed. And by the time she got downstairs, she was healed. Within a few weeks, she'd put all the weight back on and never looked back. You know, there's something about understanding that we believe we have it before we actually physically see it. I, um, I want to read to you from Genesis chapter 13. Genesis 13, you thought we got out of Genesis, but we didn't. Hallelujah. Full of good stuff. Genesis 13, verse 14. The Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him. Now lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward and southward and eastward and westward. That's all the directions. Look all around you. This is after Lot had separated from him. For all the land which you see, I will give it to you and to your descendants forever. I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if anyone can number the dust of the earth, imagine it, then your descendants can also be numbered. Arise, walk about the land through its length and breadth, for I will give it to you. He told him, now look as far as you can see, all around you in every direction. I want you to get a picture of it. I want you actually to go and physically walk it out because I'm telling you as what you can see, 
you can have. And you know, this is what this scripture we just read in Mark 11 is saying. What you can see is what you can have. What can you see with the eyes of faith? By grace we are saved through faith. We actually have to apply faith in the fact that he's better than we feel like we deserve, that he really has forgiven me. Even if my heart condemns me, he's greater than my heart. Hooray. Hallelujah. Many people have been able to come to the place where they have received the grace of God by faith. Is anybody in the room who has, has had that happen to them? Great. We'll do an altar call afterwards. Hallelujah. And you can all receive salvation. It is something you can have. Hallelujah. And they, they, they got it. But the Lord doesn't want us just to, to stay at the place where we have a ticket into eternity. No, salvation is so much more than that. It's salvation here and now where I no longer have to walk about guilty and ashamed. I can walk free. I can have a new heart. I can have power to live differently. Hallelujah. That I can have my face shining without fear, without shame, knowing I have been forgiven. I've been redeemed. I've been given the heart of God. Hallelujah. All his benefits. Forget not all his benefits, the scripture says. Who forgives all your sin, who heals all your iniquity, and heals all your diseases. You know, I talk about a fourfold atonement where he was wounded for our transgressions, which in Hebrew means sin. He, was, he bore our sin in his body. He paid the penalty for our sin. He was a substitute for us. The wages of sin is death. So he took it in his body. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's celebrate that. Hooray. Praise the Lord. Yay. He bore my sin. He was bruised for our iniquity. Iniquity meaning crookedness. Everything about us that's crooked. So he didn't just take our sin. He actually made the way for us to be made straight. He made the crooked places straight. To, to become a clean, holy vessel. Despite whatever personality quirks you had or faults you had, the Lord came to make you brand new, to give you the patience of Christ, the kindness of Christ, the, the goodness of Christ. He made you good and holy, full of goodness, it says in Romans 15. Yay. That's good news. You actually become not just a sinner saved by grace, you become a saint who has been made new and holy and beautiful, acceptable to the God of glory, who can have no fellowship with darkness. He's taken it all out and made you new. Hooray. Yay. But wait, there's more. The chastisement of our peace was upon him which means we can have perfect peace in the midst of every situation where when things happen. And, you know, in this world, we do have trouble. But take heart. He's overcome the world. You know, this is that sort of peace that I experienced 
with James and Rochelle. They, they walked in a supernatural peace. They should have been freaking out at this diagnosis, a terminal cancer, and then you know, then getting to the end stage where it looked like nothing, nothing could happen. Um, I think they called it stage 5B, like end, end, end. Four, stage four, stage four, end, end, end. You know, everywhere, cancer everywhere, and the bowel's not working, it's all over Red Rover in the natural. But the Lord had a different plan. And they had a supernatural peace that God was going to do it. When we walked into the hospital room and I said, hey, James, you look terrible. Let's take a picture. This is going to preach really well. There was a supernatural peace that came on us where we knew this is going to end well. This is, and that is the peace he died for us to be able to have, where you can have peace in the midst of drama. Hallelujah. Peace in the midst of the drama. And then there's one more. He goes on and he says, by whose stripes you were healed. We are healed by the stripes that he bore, the whippings in his flesh, the pain that he suffered, all our diseases, all our sickness was put on the body of Christ who heals all our diseases. Hallelujah. He bore it all in his body just as he bore our sin and he set us free. Hallelujah. And God wants us to be able to see that and believe that he has taken it on himself. You know, sometimes we fall into the idea of, um, oh, I'll just have to live with this. I remember when I had, um, I had a no got a nodule on my vocal cord and I had to go to a speech therapist, which was really expensive and annoying. And, you know, she was teaching me things that I had already been trained to do as a speech and drama teacher. I was like, I know all of this, but oh, I have to do these silly exercises and, and all the steam inhalations and all the breathing. I know about all of this. And I was talking like this and I couldn't sing and I had my vocal range was like this. And I couldn't preach and I couldn't worship lead. I used to do all of it. I'd worship lead, I'd preach and I'd prophesy and, and for hours and that's how I got a nodule. Hallelujah. Don't overdo it. But um, I couldn't do any of that. And it was awful. And three months of talking like this. And it hurt to talk. It was painful. And I remember the Lord one day as I was... Um, getting up in the morning and praying as I do, I felt him tell me, I want you to see yourself well. And so I began to imagine myself completely healed and I began to speak it out. I have a beautiful singing voice and my voice is strong and clear. <laughs> and it sounded ridiculous because clearly in the natural I didn't. But I got it on the inside. Yes, I know what God's called me to do. I'm going to need a voice. I, I thank you, Lord. I know it's your will for me to be healed. I am healed. I have a beautiful singing voice and my voice is strong and clear. I did that for a couple of months every day, speaking it out until one day, bang, 
suddenly I had a beautiful singing voice and my voice was strong and clear. And instead of having a nodule, I was healed. And I've been healed ever since. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I had a similar thing. I remember during that time, waking up one morning with really stiff fingers. And the thought occurred to me, oh, you know, my mom and my dad, they've both got arthritic fingers. And oh, maybe it's that arthritis. And that was the thought that I had when I had these stiff fingers. And as soon as I had that thought, I recognized, now that is not a thought from the throne. That is not the will of God. That might be a natural thought, but it isn't the will of God. And I can't afford to have anything entertained in my thoughts that exalt themselves against the knowledge of Christ, who says he bore sickness in his body for me so I don't have to bear it. Hallelujah. That includes annoying arthritis or annoying little pains that you've put up with, that you've learned to live with. He actually bore it in his body so you don't have to. And so I immediately recognized that thought and I grabbed it like an intruder and actually physically threw it down and said, no, not having that devil. And I imagined myself as a 90-year-old woman with supple fingers, painting my fingernails and playing the piano and wearing my rings in the same size. You know, because when you get arthritic fingers, they get too big and you've got to change your ring sizes and all. No, I was having my same ring sizes, playing the piano, painting my nails as a 90-year-old woman. I'm not there yet. Hallelujah. <laughs> the next morning I woke up, stiff fingers. The thought came, oh, you're going to get that awful arthritis. I went, I know you, get out of here in the name of Jesus. I grabbed it like an intruder. I know you, get out of here, you are not welcome. And I immediately replaced the picture in my head with myself as a 90-year-old woman playing the piano with lovely fingernails and my rings fitting. I did that for three days. And on the fourth day, there was no pain and there hasn't been any pain since. Hallelujah. Now, I believe, hallelujah, that God wants us to recognize all the benefits that he has given to us in salvation, because it's not just about you. It's about the people around you seeing hope. You know, Christ in us is the hope of glory, and he is the one who healed the sick everywhere he went. When he told disciples, he said, when you preach the gospel, uh, go into a town, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, lepers, freely you've received, freely give. It was just part of the ministry. That's what you do. Paul said, I don't preach the gospel with uh, persuasive words of men's wisdom only, but with demonstration of the Spirit's power. That's through miracles and signs and wonders. And he is looking, the Lord is looking for those who would believe him because faith pleases him. And God wants you healthy and strong and fit and well able to do all you've been called to do for all the days that he's called you to do it. Hallelujah. And so the enemy's plan then is to try to deceive you and get you to accept what you don't have to have. And so I believe we have to see it, that we need to 
picture it. We need to walk around on the inside of it. I encourage people to walk around on the inside of the dreams that they have. What, what sort of dreams has God put in your heart? You might be dreaming of, of doing something or a, a business or a ministry. Walk around it like God told Abram to do. Walk around it and, and feel it out. Picture it in your head. Walk around it. What's it going to be like? Hallelujah. I've seen, I saw the stadiums before I was ever in the stadiums. Hallelujah. I saw the fireballs going out over the crowds before I ever saw anyone healed. Because if you can see it, you can have it. Faith is the evidence of things not yet seen naturally, but seen with the eyes of faith. Hallelujah. I was listening to an Andrew Womack um, message this week. As I was driving, I just love to, to listen to whatever I can get that's going to encourage me. And he was telling a story about an evangelist uh, that had gone into a town. Um, and there was a lady there who was legally blind. The way he put it was that she had, had to wear glasses that were the size of the bottom of Coke bottles. Really, really, really thick. And legally blind, and she'd been disappointed many times as people had prayed for her and nothing had happened. And so she was kind of avoiding the healing evangelist because she just didn't want to open her heart up and be disappointed again. And I get that. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But where else are you going to go? People say, oh, don't tell testimonies. It might be hard for people who, who haven't got healed. Well, I mean, it's going to be harder for them if I don't tell the testimonies because you're removing hope from everybody. God's desire is that all would be healed. I cannot apologize for that because that's what the Word of God says. It's hope for everybody. Even if you've had prayer a thousand times, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And finally, this guy cornered this lady and said, can I pray for you? And she's like, oh, all right. And he came out and he was praying for her and laying hands on her eyes and to close her eyes and laying hands on her. And um, he said, can you see? And she opened up her eyes. And he said, no, I didn't ask you to open your eyes. He said, can you see? And she tried to open her eyes up again. And he said, close your eyes. I didn't ask you to open your eyes. Can you see? And finally, she got it. She went, she began to pray in the spirit and began to imagine herself seeing without glasses, without any impairment, and until and, and she wasn't going to open her eyes until she could see it. And he asked her again, can you see? And she said, yes. And then he said, all right, well, now you can open your eyes. And she could see. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I had a dream a little while ago about all these flying foxes in a big fruit tree. In Australia, we call fruit bats flying foxes. And when I woke up after having this dream of flying foxes filling this tree with their nests, the Lord told me, catch for me the little foxes that are spoiling the vine. That's from Song of Songs. You know, little foxes that spoil the fruit, that is the cares, the worries, the anxieties, the things that clutter up your head. 
God has given you power to take captive these things, to cast your cares on him because he cares for you. There is freedom available for you so that you can have a mind that is like his, free from worry, free from concern, because he's made a way to take care of those things for you. All you need to do is cooperate with him so that you catch these little foxes, identify them, cast them down and receive his help. For more on how to live free from these flying foxes, see my book, Supernatural Freedom.